Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop Bar Texas, a cycling podcast about riding and racing in Texas. This is Paul, your host, and yes, I'm back, because I see all of y'all posting rides on Strava, the training camp plans, some of them secret, some not so secret, movement of some old friends to new teams, it can all point to one thing. Road racing in Texas is nearly upon us again for 2020. Us roadies and gravelers, or do you prefer gravelies? I like gravelers. Y'all aren't the only ones getting ready. Promoters and race directors are also busy planning, securing permits, working on landing sponsors, and in general, putting the pieces together so we can get out there and race, officially. Today I had a chance to speak with Alex Montoya about the upcoming Crockett Classic, our history working on the HCC races, um, what keeps bringing them back to Texas to keep putting on the Crockett race, uh, what you can expect from that race, um, and all kinds of great things that that he's been doing uh, as a promoter and race director. So I really hope uh, you guys enjoy listening to this interview. It's always a pleasure to speak to old friends doing great things like Alex. Yeah. So for, first, thanks for, for doing this. Um, you know, I, I think I was thinking on the way over, like, you know, I, I know we don't go, go back 20 years or what have you, but, but I was like, you know, like kind of like, Han, uh, Lando and, and Han, I was like, you know, I, I could easily say, you know, we, we go, we go back a ways. <laughs> yeah, so. We've had many dealings. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, you know what I was thinking about? Cause like when you texted me, I think we had messaged or something. I can't remember exactly how we first started talking recently, but I looked back at my text messages and saw, um, Reggie's information from the barbecue and you remember oh, yeah. the barbecue from mm-hmm. the, uh, Houston community college crit series where they, we gave away like meat. Right. That's still probably one of the coolest <laughs> prizes that I think I've ever done. And uh, I still the, remember the sausage on a stick, man. And like, yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish we could still have that somewhere. And, um, wow. man, I just was like, man, that'd be so cool to be able to get out meat again. And yeah, I tried they, to do the same thing in Crockett with another, with a local meat supplier, but his meat was honestly a little bit, it was too expensive. I mean, it was really, uh, really high quality pork. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, uh, like a rack of the bacon was like <laughs> 40 or 50 bucks. So it was oh, like, wow. oh, I don't know. They didn't really <laughs> want to give us it. So, um, I, I see. Yeah, I, I remember those the the meat preens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was nice. Um, yeah, I was I was looking back. I you know, I guess um, it must have been, I guess somewhere in the 2014 to 2017, right around there. Um, which it seems longer ago, but um, uh, but but yeah, it was it was really cool how you you stepped in and and helped us out because we were. Um, that, that club was always a small club, you know, just a handful of racers. Uh, you know, we, we had a bigger contingent that liked to do the MS 150 and that was mostly, um, faculty and staff over there and, and a few students that would do that. But, um, but the racing piece was, was nice cause it was, it was purely students and, um, and they were interested in learning about, you know, uh, the, the the race promotion side and and putting on something and and um, it was nice to to finally connect that because I, I know even before that um, when the memorial park crit 
had gone on hiatus for a while. Um, they were kind of looking for some alternate venues. You know, that, that uh, police training course had popped up on my radar at HCC, and, and I had thrown it out there at the time, you know, to the promoter back then, and um, they, didn't, they didn't really bite. And then, um, and then when you and I were talking, you, you had mentioned, yeah, I saw this, uh, this police course out on the, on the, you know, on Google Maps, you know, do you know anything about that? I was like, oh, I know all about that. And, um, and then, you know, I think you jumped all over. You went out before I even, uh, had, had all the details. It was like, you were like, I went out there and, and, you know, just did a, a practice ride to check it out. And I think it'll work. I measured it. And, um, so, so yeah, it was, it was just neat. Like, you know, how quick and responsive you were and then, and then helpful. And then, and then ultimately you ended up giving back too. Cause you know, I, I know those races helped promote you, but, um, but at the end of it all, it's like you, you also donated money back to HCC's athletic program for, for the cycling program. And, um, you know, so, so that was really, really neat as well. I don't, um, you know, I know, I know many of the promoters have different charitable things that they do, um, you know, as well, but, um, but yeah, for, for us, that, that meant a lot, you know, so. Well, it was a cool race, and it was, you know, it was a really good venue. I mean, we couldn't have put it together if we didn't have you as the contact there. I mean, that would have never been even a possibility because you were the one who got the initial meetings for us and everything um, to even do it. And, you know, it, it, I guess it would have kept going if I had been stayed in Houston, but um, I was kind of hoping somebody would take it over, but it seems like after I left, there wasn't really anyone who took over the stuff that I was doing or I had tried to set something up and the person who I had tried to work with to get it going did not really want to take the initiative to do mm-hmm. anything with it. So I guess it just didn't really continue. But uh, I mean, that was always a, a good early season race for a lot of locals and it was profitable. So, I mean, it's, it was a, a sad to see it go, but it's something that definitely could continue if, if anyone listening ever wants to do it again, I can give you the, the pieces that need it. So they're needed to do it. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a cool one. I mean that that police course was like a mix of a crit course and a velodrome, which was really cool. And I I was just surprised that it didn't get more um traction because it mm-hmm. was a, just really cool like it, you could do races that were like track races except on road bikes it was really cool i mean i just wish that had continued so yeah yeah and the um yeah and on, and on the other side the first year i think we were doing the um the the truck the tractor trailer training course it was just just an oval but there's enough space for you to cone out different things and um that was just kind of neat going going around and I, I kind of felt like I was in a video game because there were, you know, 18 wheelers parked <laughs> in the middle of the course and stuff. So, uh, like not, not in our, our way, but, um, you kind of there in the middle and what have you. So it was, it was just kind of a, a different thing, uh, to see. So, yeah. yeah. That one was sweet, but they did, they were doing construction on it the second mm-hmm. year. We couldn't use it again. That was the, yeah. the issue. They were like redoing some of it. So it's probably good to go now if anyone wanted to do it again, but. Um, that one had better facilities, like you didn't have to use porta potties or anything, and right. it was more protected from the wind, which was kind of a it was really windy when we did the other one at the police track. But right, um, 
that was a cool one. Yeah, I just, you know, if I was closer, I'd be able to do it, but it's just, <laughs> I can't exactly drive like 12 hours to do a small local crit anymore, so. Right. So, um, so Alex, you, so I know you moved to, to Alabama, um, and, um, but you've been coming back each year, I think, what, this is the third year for Crockett? Is that right? It's or, or has it been longer? Fourth? Okay. okay. Well, it's the fourth edition or the fourth mm-hmm. race we've done there because the first year we did technically did two. We did a okay. test event in January to see like how well received it would be and work out kinks and everything, and then mm-hmm. put that towards an event in the summer. So technically, it's the fourth edition, uh, but the first two happened twice. So I guess it's like this is technically like the first one was 2017, so this is like the third year, but the fourth race i so, see okay nice. yeah and what what keeps bringing you back to texas to do that uh to put that event on um that was the only race that i did that consistently grew every year and um the town was like really on board with it they were really easy to work with they were eager to have it back you know the locals weren't fighting with us on it which is something that i've experienced at other venues you know you have traffic and people who were pissed off and Crockett everyone seemed to be like happy about it and want to get involved which is really unique um and it's like a it's just a cool town I mean it's historic it's one of the oldest towns in Texas I mean Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of history there I mean it was founded on land from Davy Crockett so I mean it's got a lot of ties to like deep Texas stuff and I think that's a major draw for people but I mean it's one of the only ones that I had built up and had enough people coming and was generating enough revenue that I felt like it was something that I should keep investing some time in. And I really have had that second, you know, second thoughts about, Oh man, like it's so much work to do that race. And I've really thought twice about it almost every year, but every year I keep going back and doing it again. And, um, you know, this year things are looking even better than the last two years. So I, you know, again, I, (laughs) it's just one of those races that like, it seems to just keep working and people seem to like it. And, we're continuing to work through the kinks, which is, you know, something that is good, you know. Nice, nice. And it's a, you know, fairly early in the season because it's um, this year. I think it's February eighth and ninth, um, right? So, which is, which is always good. Um, but the the weather can be a little tricky. I think I I read last year because um, I I've not been able to to actually go and check out the race um it, always, it usually seems to fall on a weekend that uh, at least thus far it's fallen on weekends that i haven't been able to do it i'm trying to finagle a way to, to get to this one um but um but i know it's been you know, sometimes wet sometimes you know cold um i, I imagine it, the, that first event in june was probably blistering hot <laughs> so um <laughs> But uh, but it, it's always going to throw throw out a some kind of challenge to you. Um, oh my gosh, man! Last year when we were setting up on Friday, the Friday before the race, we were doing the truss and everything. Is 27 degrees and sleeting like ice. There was ice coming down from the sky, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing out here? And um, <laughs> fortunately, the ice kind of went away um, and it warmed up a little bit for the next couple of days. Um, 
the weather's not usually great, but we have had good weather out there before. I mean, the first mm-hmm. year and the second year, I think we're really good. Or the first and second one we're good, and then the it's usually like one day is not great, and then the other day is okay. And yeah. so like it's kind of like okay, like last year the TT was kind of rainy and cruddy, and then the road race was okay. But the year before that, it was like the TT and crit were okay, but the road race was really cold. So it's kind of like I don't know. I mean. I think it's, but, you know, despite the weather, we've still managed to grow the race each year, and it's one of the biggest races on the road calendar in the whole region now, not, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, <laughs> but last year, we had 430 unique racers from seven different states, and, I mean, it's we sell out almost every hotel in the area, and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a it's got a lot of people going to it between both days, and... Um, you know, some people come just for the time trial, some people come just for the crit, some people come just for the road race, and, you know, a lot of people go for all three, but um, because of the combo of the different events, it's like a really good early season prep event, because, you know, after that you have Lago Vista, and um, what's the other one, what, Prima, what is it, not Primavera, what's the other one, uh, Walberg? Uh, uh, we got uh, Pace Bend. Um, That's it. Um yeah. So those two, and, like, you have a couple big events coming up after Crockett. So this is, like, the first big weekend where you can try any of the three disciplines or, the you know, the time trial crit road race before you have to go try or put yourself to the bigger races. And so it's, like, a really good, like, see where I'm at, get started with the season kind of race, and it's a really cool venue. It's not some, like, you know, jank middle of nowhere, like, tent on the side of the road thing you know we actually like try to put a little bit of production into it which is cool too so yeah and yeah crockett crockett seems like it's um you know kind of a it's a good location too i mean it's it's you know about halfway between houston and dallas um yeah about equal distance it looks like from from austin yeah so so it seems like a pool pull uh equally from those those three cities uh potentially you know so um which is always a plus because I, I know um you here i know with with some of my buddies you know we've talked about you know oh, if things were if, if everything wasn't always in austin or everything wasn't you know in dallas you know maybe we'd make it out to to more events and so you know that's a seems like a nice um kind of kind of semi-central location there too yeah and <laughs> Because he, the challenge with that, though, I mean, you guys remember Sealy. I think mm-hmm. the challenge with Houston was that it is so large that the population stretches out so far that, like, there's so you have to go really far out of town to find a, ra- a raceable venue that doesn't have a bunch of issues. Yeah. And so, like, Crockett was like really almost as close as I could get to Houston. Which is sad because it's two hours away from Houston, <laughs> but it was like, it really, I mean, that was about as close as I can get to Houston without having a bunch of problems and, right. um, and still be able to allow a cool venue and good courses and everything. And, um, you know, that was a, that's a challenge with Houston. I mean, it's, there's a reason there's not a lot of races there. It's just very difficult to put them together in that city. And, um, you know, there's more options with better courses and, north and central texas so it's just kind of how things developed but yeah i mean it's it's not it's two hours in between houston dallas then it's three hours from 
uh, Austin, I think it's about three and a half from San Antonio. It's about an hour from College Station. And then it's also only about an hour, two hours from Shreveport and then like two and a half or three from New Orleans. So it's oh, like cool. you have that Louisiana crowd. And then okay. we've been getting Oklahoma because it's too cold to really do any racing in February there. So they come, mm-hmm. we get every year we get a little crowd of people from Oklahoma. We got some Arkansas last year, um, which was cool. That was a first. And then we actually, the past couple of years, we've had a couple people from Wisconsin, oh, from like Illinois and like really obscure places from like yeah. the North where it's still like snowing and stuff. I guess some people like, you know, they're really gun ho about their season. They want to mm-hmm. come down and race and yeah. they can get a, a good amount of racing in in that weekend you know so All right cool cool yeah nice yeah that's that's definitely a plus and i mean i would imagine for um for us racers you know you see the same usually the same guys you know um at at the races but if you're pulling in you know people like that from from the different states as well i mean it's uh you get an opportunity to race against some new people that that you know brings some uh, an amount of unpredictability to it you know so um, so that's cool. So um, the uh, the race is set up uh, as a um, as an omnium, uh, and so could could you I guess describe that for for those people that are new new to racing? You know maybe what that means um, and what the omnium consists of. I know you mentioned the the parts of it, but maybe a little bit more on what to expect from that from that um, setup. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so an Omnium is a little bit different than a stage race. Uh, an Omnium is an overall classification to where your placing or what, where you place in each stage goes towards an overall classification, similar like the Tour de France. But rather than, you know, a stage race requires you to start and finish each stage in order to move to the next stage. And everyone has to be signed up for the stage race in order to participate. So there's, that's not exactly a great setup for a regional or local level race promoter because, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to do a three-stage stage race. So, and, I mean, if you crash out on the first stage or something happens and you don't get to do the rest of the race, that really sucks. So mm-hmm. um, what we did is an Omnium, which is a, little, a lot more flexible in how you do it. You can pick whichever stages you want to do and however you place puts you into the overall Regardless if you sign up for the Omnium or not, your placing will still be scored along with the Omnium riders. So if you only sign up and do the TT um, and then you win it, you know, you could still be ranked fairly high in the overall, you know, even if you don't do the other stages, just because you won that one particular stage. And um, one thing that we did differently this year that my partner in Georgia, Tim, he's the owner of Top U Sports. Um, what he's done in a couple other races is they do a time-based Omnium. And okay. I, know, I know Texas people are probably going to be like, what the heck is that? I'm never, you know, how does that work and everything? So I you know, more information about that coming in the race Bible soon. But um, it's essentially run like a stage race. We do everything based on time and your placings off of the time, but you don't have to start and finish each stage. So we have our program that does all of our results and scoring for the race. And we have all these parameters in there that are preset that it'll automatically put your times like a stage race into the overall classification. And, um, you know, obviously if you don't complete uh, the other stages and your time 
is like 20 minutes versus like two hours. Obviously, it'll figure that out. But um, this allows people to have the experience of a stage race without having some of the uh, restrictions associated with a stage race. So it's a really cool option because you get a different racing dynamic. You know, breakaways are worth a whole lot more. Your performance in time trial is worth a lot more now. And I think, you know, we've listened to a lot of feedback from racers from the last two years about their experience and what they liked and didn't like. And one of the things that people were really not crazy about was how if they, like, crushed it in the time trial, they would still only get, you know, be, be a couple points ahead of the other guy, even if they beat him by, like, a minute, you know, or something crazy. So, like, mm-hmm. we wanted to add value to the time trial. And then also the same thing with the road race. I mean, we had breakaways in the road race where they would gain, like, four or five minutes on everyone else, but then they would still only get a couple points ahead. And so that they were like, okay, well, that seems kind of annoying that, like, I've just demolished everybody, but I still only finished, like, two points ahead of them. And so, uh, you know, by doing it as time-based, it changes the dynamic and, and really gives more value to it, to the performance of the riders. So that was yeah. cool behind that. Now do, you, now, do you need to have a, a time trial bike to, to go out there and, and crush it in this race? No. I'm glad you asked that. You must be looking at my uh, race Bible or something from last year. But um, <laughs> So, no, uh, actually, you don't. And so we do a thing that we developed actually in Florida um, at a couple different races. We've been doing it for probably about four or five years called the Merck's Advantage Time Trial. And so what you do is if you're welcome to use time trial gear, you don't get penalized or anything like that for using a time trial bike. But if you elect to go Mercs or non-aero, which is going to be like wheels, you know, that aren't super deep, like, you know, regular aero wheels, you know, no aero helmet, no aero bars. You do what's kind of just a regular Mercs on a road bike. You get a, a third. Well, last year was a 30 second handicap. So mm-hmm. you get a handicap for doing Mercs. And so what we saw from the results last year is it actually really equalized it like really well. Uh, because we had a lot of people, like the way the times worked out, it was like they really finished about where they probably would have finished with uh, aero gear. And so mm-hmm. it really like allowed people to not have to bring the TT bike and all that stuff and still right. be able to get a legitimate performance that's, uh, you know, relatable to how they would have been on a TT bike. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really cool. Um, you know, we last year was the first year, so we had really had to work out a few kinks. And this year we've got a lot better of a system for um, making sure that, you know, we know who's Mercs and who's not. Um, last year was new for our officials and everything, too, so it was a little bit harder to introduce. But, you know, now we have a year behind it, so it's going to be a little easier to manage. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really cool thing. Like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I joined up with Top View is because, that you know, Tim has just been doing this for 20 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a solution he's or an issue with something, he's done it before. And, okay. and he brings a lot to the table and allows us to do things that other promoters just, you know, probably don't aren't able to do right now. So, yeah. Nice. So, so that, so that, um, so that came came out of your your partnership with uh, with Top View. I get that idea. Um, is that what you're saying too? Yeah, I mean, we did that. 
a few races in Florida because of mm-hmm. that same issue. You know, they had people who wouldn't come to the race because they couldn't use a time trial bike or mm-hmm. then or the other vice versa. People wouldn't come because they knew they would lose to people on a time trial bike. And so they had to find a solution to allow both people to be happy. And this was the solution that worked and that people were okay with and actually liked. So yeah, um, seems like it would yeah, also allow data and timing. I mean, you could not do this without timing chips. I mean, if you didn't have timing chips and software and stuff that, that scored it, it would be impo- like next to impossible to do something like that. So it seems like it, it also would contribute to keeping the, the entry cost to, to racing down too for people that, you know, you want to, you would go out and try a race. I mean, it's, it's cycling's already an expensive sport between you know the the bike the kit the shoes the helmet and and all of this stuff and then it, it, if you're interested in and in, you know getting that um you know that mini version of, of the tour de france experience you know in a stage race but now i got to go out and buy you know spend another couple of grand on a on a time trial bike um yeah, and you know, you're already at a disadvantage you know this 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 sounds great to me. I mean, to be able to, to do that, you know, without that additional, um, investment, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly the idea behind it. I mean, you know, personally, I sold my time trial bike a few years ago when I was just trying to get the business started and when I was promoting races and, um, so I sold my TT bike, wasn't really using it, and then I ran into that same issue. I mean, I went to, like, Corsicana stage race once and got just pummeled, you know, and, um, you know, I, I stopped even trying to go to, like, races with time trials because I was like, well, I just have zero chance of getting anything because I don't have a time trial bike. And so I could relate to that that uh, that kind of thinking of, like, hey, well, like, all right, well, I don't want to go. It's like I'm going to get worked by not having because I don't have – a three thousand dollar bike you know mm-hmm. and then also the other thing that i was talking to some of the teams and like you know a lot of people carpool especially the younger collegiate and a lot of other you know those younger teams and um they would have a bike rack that only has four spaces and so they would take a car with three or four people but only carry they can only carry four bikes and if each person has to bring two bikes then they don't have room for everyone mm-hmm. and so it was prohibiting the um economy of the travel as well so the race would require people to pay more and travel differently in order to bring a second bike and um you know so it adds a a little bit of help to some of the younger racers who um you know want a carpool and maybe don't have a time trial bike and you know we want everyone to race like we want anyone who wants to race like we don't want them to feel like they can't race or participate because they don't have something or have money or something like if it's if there's a way to get them out there and eliminate some of those barriers. I want to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, speak, speaking of that, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, I was going to ask about the community and what have you, but we'll, we'll come back around to that. Um, but speaking to, to this prohibitive cost, I know, you know, travel is an issue for, um, for teams, um, you know, like Northwest, we, You'd, our club gives us a, a small. Uh, there's a small travel stipend that that you can qualify for, you know, down the road. But I know not all clubs do that. I, um, uh, and in fact, many clubs, you know, don't. You know, there's no reimbursement and, and what have you. And so, 
Um, you had an interesting thing out there that I saw. It was, I believe it's called the CCN grant um, that you had posted about. I'm not completely familiar with it. Um, could you talk about that and uh, what that is? Yeah, so CCN is a, a cycling apparel company that I've teamed up with. Um, I've been working with them for about five or six years now, and I order pretty much exclusively through them. Um, and for all my, you know, the teams and clubs that I've worked with and my personal stuff and all my different projects. But so they, you know, I really wanted to encourage teams and clubs to participate in the event, you know, not just individuals. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking really back on my junior and collegiate days and like why those were so cool and special. And it was really because of the travel and the stuff we did with the team and lodging together. And, and I thought, you know, I was like, you know, that's something that seems to be kind of missing from a lot of the modern events in our calendars a lot of teams don't really it doesn't there's not a lot of emphasis on racing as a team mm -hmm. and bringing multiple riders to race in the same race and everything and i was like you know how could i encourage that how could i try to incentivize teams who took home or to be interested in the event and you know we don't have an unlimited budget obviously and i was trying to think of ways something i could do that might help teams or might encourage them to want to come or might make help their budget if they want to come. And so I worked something out with CCN where teams could apply in December to win free lodging for the race for up to 12 people. And um, so we took applications. We got about 12 different teams that applied. Uh, and the minimum team amount, like you had to have six riders to apply. Okay. Because, um, you know, we want to actually, you know, I don't want to just pay for lodging for like three people. I want mm -hmm. an actual team to come. Um, so we uh, we did that and we got all the applications and they, I selected somebody on, um, you know, I was wait. I pushed, pushed it back. I was supposed to announce it first week of January and I pushed it back because I was trying to see if there was more people that were going to apply. And um, so we finally, you know, I, I put in a couple of things. I was like, hey, you know, like to judge this, to see like, you know, we really want people to get behind this this thing and try to earn the grant too, you know, and help us promote right. the event. And so I did a thing where like, okay, if you include this hashtag and you like share the event and like the pages and things, you know, do the social media hustle for us and help us promote this, like, you know, that'll, you know, I'll take that into consideration for um, who we select. And um so uh, we did select somebody and they were, you know, they did, they did obviously did the most promotional stuff for us. And um, they also have come with a solid group the last couple of years and they had signed up several riders for this year too. So I was like, okay, well, you know, they seem to be really behind this more than a lot of the other people that were, um, you know, applying for the grant. And so we did select somebody, and um, it was the Violet Crown Sports Association. The Violet Crown team from Austin won it. Um, oh, great. And so far, they have a list of about 14 people coming. Um, so I was able to work out a deal with um, a local, um, the local lake resort there. So we have some, like, dorms and cabins for them, um, all free of charge. So... They're all going to get to race Crockett and save, uh, you know, probably about a thousand dollars for the lodging there. So, cool, cool. That that's awesome. Um, you know, congratulations, Violet Crown. I, I I had a chance to interview one of their riders um, out at um, in Fayetteville last year, and uh, man, I mean, they, those guys are are 
really enthusiastic. They're they're they all seem you know just like a good bunch of uh, a good group of, of people that uh, and you know, I see them at, at uh, many of the races um, that I had a chance to go to last year, um, which I I hadn't noticed them and you know before so um, yeah it's just like they're, they're and I didn't know they had such a huge team. I think they've um, I want to say. I remember correctly, he said they had um, somewhere in the 100 to 200 range in, in terms of club members. And you know, not just racers. That's not just racers, obviously. But, um, um, but yeah, it was just a um, great, great club, you know. Um, very supportive of all, of all the races, it seems like. so. Yeah, I mean, they brought, like, a whole women's team of, like, seven or eight women last year to do the four or five race. And um, that was really cool. So I definitely noticed that. I mean, you can tell when when there's a, a team that seems to be well organized, and mm-hmm. I don't know whatever yeah. they're doing, but they seem to be uh, they seem to be having a good thing going there. So, um, well, good, good. And and then so on on the community side, because uh, I know you mentioned you you keep coming back to Crockett because the community is also behind it. So so what's the the positive and negative uh, feedback? Hopefully, it's mostly positive, but um, you know, what, what's the feedback you get from the community about, about this race? You know, why, why do they like it? Uh, because it brings people to their town. I mean, I, I think that the vibe I get and when I go there is that the people in Crockett seem to really love their town and love Crockett and love the area. And, um, you know, there's not really any other sporting events over there and there's not really a whole lot of tourism. And so there's not a whole lot of outside people that go through that town. Mm-hmm. And so, having a new event there or having an event that draws people from such a broad regional you know, area, it's cool for them to be like, man, these people came all the way from Oklahoma to visit our town. And so they get really pumped about that. And they're like, man, I can't believe these people are like, they're coming here for this. And most people there have never seen a bike race. Well, they have now, but a lot yeah. of them had never <laughs> seen a, you know, a road race before or anything. Um, they had never really been exposed to that world of sport aside from a few local um, cyclists who who come out to volunteer or participate every year Um, so it's you know there's a lot of people there that are just really excited about it Um, the only real negative feedback that I've gotten from it was from some of the town the businesses in the town square that had to close Mm -hmm. um, for the crit on Saturday Uh, but at the end of the day I mean I talked to some of them they weren't you know so overly upset about it it was just like oh okay well that sucks we have to close but you know whatever um and so it's like they they have to close for saturday but you know i guess it's february so there's probably not a ton of store traffic anyways but mm-hmm. you know I, I never want to have to affect a business like that but unfortunately we you know we have to fully close a road for a crit um but mm-hmm. i think that's probably the only people i've ever really had any issues with i mean even when doing the road races, I mean, I've, you know, I've done tons of road races. I mean, probably, uh, almost as many different venues in the last few years. Uh, oh my gosh, I've done a lot of road races, but usually <laughs> you get a lot of motorists that, um, get pissed off or harass you or come by the finish line yelling expletives at you. Mm-hmm. This one at this race is like the only one I've ever done where people like pull over to the side of the road to get out of the way and watch. Or will like come up to us and be like, "Oh, this is really cool!" Like, 
you know, what do we need to do? Can I volunteer? Like, what do you need help with? And, you know, <laughs> like I had organizations locally, like contacting me to volunteer, you know, to oh, like nice. get involved. And, yeah. um, it was really cool. And we have a local, you know, I feel like I have to get a shout out to Miguel and his youth group there. There's a, a Christian youth group that helps that's been helping us since the very beginning. And they always bring a group of volunteers and, um, they always help us. I mean, they come early, they stay late, they do a lot of lifting, helping setting up courses, picking things up. And I mean, they're a, a really important role there. And, and, um, you know, the one thing I'd like to say too, is that out of the proceeds from the event, we do make a donation every year to their youth group to help fund their mission trip. And they actually go rebuild houses that were damaged by flooding. Um, oh, oh, okay. So, um, we help fund their trip and, uh, you know, we do a few other things for them uh, every, every year. And so it's, it's cool to have built that relationship and kind of deepen things there at the race venue. So. Nice. Nice. All right. So, um, and then, cause I know we're, we're starting to run out of time here. Um, but, uh, what, what other races, um, are you promoting after Crockett, you know, even if they're not in Texas, you know, we actually have a ton. I mean, you know, we, we, oh my gosh. I mean, if you saw the top U sports calendar that we have, like our, our document on uh, Google sheets, it's crazy. I mean, so top view, we really have like three different qualified race directors who are experienced enough to like take the lead on an event. So we have, you know, throughout the year, we have doubled up and tripled up weekends all over the Southeast. Um, I mean, we do, uh, the Mobile Cycling Classic, we do the Auburn Flyers weekend, we do the Clemson weekend, we do um, probably 10 different races in Georgia. I do the state, Alabama State Championships for time trial and road race. Um, I do the Sumitanga like road race training series, which is like a, a smaller one that's actually coming up around Crockett. Um, we do... Uh, a ton of them in Florida still. I mean, we do the Swamp Classic, which is still one of the biggest ones in Florida and on our calendar. I mean, that's usually like a four to five hundred person race. Um, and uh, we, you know, we do timing and contracts at tons of events too. I mean, people hire us just to come and do the timing portion, or to you know rent equipment, or to have certain services done. And like we do all the timing for the Chiha Challenge, Grand Fondo, and Ultra which is like a UCI world qualifier on the Fondo schedule. So that's like a really big timing undertaking. I mean, we have a staff of like 10 people that goes to that one. Um, and, you know, we do, we just, Tim just did Challenge Daytona, which was a huge uh, triathlon done at the Daytona Motor Speedway. Um, that was a very large uh, logistical undertaking that I know he did a few things with. Um, but we do a lot of different contracts, you know, we do, uh, on top of that, we do like different 5k runs and little weird one-off jobs and renting trusts and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we do events all over Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. Um, you know, hopefully we'll do, we've done some in Tennessee. Hopefully we'll get back in Tennessee again. Uh, we're going to Mississippi this year, um, for another road event. That's a newer one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got a lot. There's a lot of events. I think there's probably about 50 different races that we're producing through the Top V brand every year. So, 
Oh, cool. And so that so that calendar. I know you said there was a, a Google Sheet, but um, it is it all also available online at this point or? Yeah, you can get most of it on topviewsports.com. Okay. Through our website, we usually only put links and stuff to the races we're producing or something Mm -hmm. that we're, like, managing in a bigger role. Yeah. Um, Just because if it's, like, a timing-only kind of contract or something, you know, it's something that I don't – they usually have their own promotional method, and it's not necessarily something we would put on our site. So there's a lot more – on our calendar than you would see on our website. So, cool, cool. All right, so um, so it sounds like thing, things are jumping for you guys. Uh, 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 the participation is increasing at your, at your Crockett race. Um, you know, across the board. I mean, what, what does it look like for you guys in terms of um, the the American cycling scene? Uh, right now, you know, and especially I guess on the amateur side, you know, because I mean that's that's what's feeding the the pros, you know, eventually I, I would imagine. So, well, I think that's probably going to be a, a conversation for another episode. Cause <laughs> I really don't think we have time to get into all that, but yeah. um, I mean, things have definitely contracted, and a lot of events have gone under. But I mean, with Tim's experience and my experience, I mean, we know what to do, what people will go to, what they'll pay for, what they won't pay for, and what they won't go to, which is probably more important. Yeah. Um, and so we know better how to gauge events to where we don't ever lose any money. And that's, I think, the critical thing behind what we're doing and trying to create things that we know people are interested in going to. And, um, you know, we can't provide everything for everyone, but there's definitely a distinct... Um, draw of certain events and what people are looking for but I, I really you know i think we'd have to have another conversation on that one just because there's so much <laughs> behind that that i could go into for at least an hour because uh, it's you know my life was my livelihood for a few years and it still is partially so um, well sounds good well yeah that uh, we can definitely have another conversation especially now that i think we've got uh the technical difficulties figured out that we were yeah. having last week so um i'm glad we got that sorted out um yeah so so thanks again alex for doing this um and you know you know, hopefully everything goes well at at, at crockett wish you best best of luck there and uh, in your other events um this all right, again, I really hope you enjoyed the interview, um, and I appreciate Alex's time today. Uh, you can sign up for the Crockett Classic at bikereg.com. Again, congratulations to Violet Crown for winning the CCN grant for the road race, and good luck. Um, and with that, we wrap up another episode of Drop Bar Texas. Be sure to click subscribe. Like Drop Bar Texas on Facebook or email me at dropbartx at gmail.com. Be kind to each other out there on the road. And until next time, have fun, enjoy the sun, or just rule five it.